Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 115, and I'm drinking Tito's Handmade Vodka. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose to feature Tito's on this episode because it's super popular and honest and truly is America's original craft vodka. There's a great story here of a brand created from a passion and one that's never strayed from what they do. Tito's only makes vodka and only unflavored vodka at that. They've resisted brand extension and are still privately owned by the founder, a man who goes by the name Tito. The bottle I have for the tasting is a standard 750 milliliters. It is 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof, and it retails for about $20. The bottle is a huge part of the brand image and has remained largely unchanged since inception. When starting out, the intention of the founder was to package the vodka in a fancy, perfume-like bespoke bottle, but lacking investment, he went with a stock 750-milliliter bottle, which is uniformly cylindrical up to a rounded shoulder and a long, slightly tapered neck. The bottle is capped by a copper-colored plastic screw cap. For the labels, they're a craft-colored paper label, like a plain cardboard box. Tito says that at the time he first started bottling, he was dating a vegetarian girl that made him use recycled paper for the labels. I don't know if they're still made from recycled paper today. The label design is simple and was designed by Tito. Text is black with copper foil accents. Top reads, Tito's Handmade Vodka, with an image of a pot still dripping into a barrel in the center. Subtext of, award-winning American vodka crafted in an old-fashioned pot still, Austin, Texas, distilled and bottled by 5th Generation Inc., Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume. The simple image of the still Tito created in the design program Corel Draw. The text for Tito's Handmade is the font Lucida Calligraphy Bold Italic, which was selected because he thought it looked fancy. The back label is nearly as large as the front. Same paper, but no copper foil accents. It includes a note that the vodka is gluten-free and distilled six times. There's a brief brand story above the government warning and barcode. My particular bottle also includes a collar on the neck that's printed in red, white, and blue, promoting the spirit, the gluten-free certification, and a charity the brand supports for pet rescue. Okay, let's go ahead and open this bottle up. First, I'll take the collar off the paper piece. The man at the liquor store tried to keep that from me. He's like, you want me to get rid of this? And I said, I kind of like this sort of thing. So, took that off. Let's crack the plastic screw cap. Simple. And as I do with all spirits on this podcast, I'm using a clean Glen Karen glass for the tasting. It's a whiskey nosing glass. It's tulip-shaped, allows you to really see the spirit, nose the spirit, and taste the spirit. So let's go for a pour. Pour. 
as one would expect in the glass, it is clear as water. And vodka unflavored is simply clear. You can see some legs or tears coming down the glass, so you know there's alcohol in it. On the nose, yeah, it's vodka. I know what vodka smells like. It's not, it's rather light, I would say, on the nose. Smoothness, the lack of harsh burning. I can feel some of the ethanol kind of lighting up my sinuses a little bit, but it's not harsh. You don't get a whole lot on the nose other than simply ethanol, just a clean vodka smell. It's slightly sweet, perhaps. And on the palate, it's vodka. I've said that on many other episodes that this tastes like the spirit it should taste like. I've said that a lot about whiskeys. It tastes like whiskey. This tastes like vodka because it simply is unflavored vodka. On the finish, I'll pick up a, a little faint nail polish remover essence to it on the palate, but not in an offensive way. That's more of the flavor of the ethanol, I think, the way that I taste it. I'd also say it's rather smooth, and smooth tends to be a nondescript description. I guess it's lack of sharpness is how I describe smooth. So it doesn't really hit you with a sharp burning. Um, it's not offensive on the palate. It simply tastes like a quality vodka, just unflavored vodka. I'm also tasting it neat at room temperature, so it's not been chilled or diluted in any way. So now on to the history. Tito's seems to have been destined to exist. The back of the label tells some of the story, and it's a good place to start, but it leaves out a lot of the nuance. So let me tell you more. The Tito in Tito's Handmade Vodka is a man whose given name is Bert Butler Beverage II. Yes, his last name is legitimately Beverage, but spelled like the crest of a hill or a ridge, rather than the liquid sense with an A-G in English. It's pronounced the same, though. Growing up in San Antonio, Texas, Tito had Latino nannies who gave him the diminutive nickname Bertito that was shortened to simply Tito, and the nickname stuck. Entrepreneurial at an early age, he founded a short-lived landscaping company with a friend at the age of 15, and has said that because his friend and partner was a year older, and therefore the driver, Tito got some of his first sales experience by running up to houses, knocking on doors, trying to get lawn mowing jobs from whoever answered. Upon graduating high school, Tito thought he wanted to be a doctor, but after realizing he's a bit of a germaphobe, he got a job as a roughneck on an oil rig. Texas being oil country, after all. He recounts that after being covered in drilling mud, he saw a guy come up in starched blue jeans and was told he's the geologist and was worth $17 million. Tito says right then and there, he decided he wanted to be a Texas oil man. So he went to the University of Texas and became a geophysicist and geologist, graduating in 1984 
just in time for the oil business to bottom out. Oil was trading as low as $6 a barrel. He bounced around for some years in an attempt to get his career going, eventually starting an oil drilling operation, but that coincided with the Gulf War that sent oil prices plummeting again and bankrupt that enterprise. He landed at an environmental services company doing such things as groundwater sampling in landfills and Superfund sites around Austin. Hot work that wasn't particularly fulfilling, and he says a friend convinced him to come work with him selling residential mortgages because Tita was good at math and he could be inside in air conditioning. This job lasted for a while until mortgage rates went up a few points and killed his business. Not unlike the current rate environment we're in today with the Federal Reserve fighting inflation by raising interest rates. Tito struck out on his own and founded Fifth Generation Mortgage out of his home. And that's where vodka enters the story for Tito. In about 1992 or 93, he started making vodka infusions for himself and he'd give them to friends as Christmas presents. In the 1990s, the vodka landscape was very different than it is today. Flavored vodka wasn't really a thing. However, I do remember that here in the late 1990s in my home city of Portland, Oregon, there was a bar along a trendy shopping street in northwest Portland named The Brazen Bean. It was famous for vodka infusions and 30-plus martinis that they would make with these vodka infusions. The Brazen Bean lost their lease and never found another home and went out of business in the mid-2000s. And much like the Brazen Bean, apparently Tito made pretty good infused flavored vodkas. And at this point in his life, he was still open to opportunity, trying to cement a career and build a life. A couple versions of the story have been told by Tito over the years, but the one I like the most goes like this. He was at a kager, a party where you're all drinking beer, pumping on a keg, and a guy comes up to him and says, you're the vodka guy. To which Tito replies, I'm not the vodka guy, I'm the mortgage guy. No, you make all those flavored vodkas and I've tried them all. You should sell those. So Tito's at home after the party, the TV's on and his resume is sitting there. A guy on TV said, if you're trying to find your passion, take a piece of paper Draw a line down it. Put what you love to do on one side and what you're good at on the other side. Then try to wrap a job around that. So, Tito found an intersection in infused vodkas. He made some and took them to a liquor store to try and sell them to the guy there. In short, the liquor store guy told him flavored vodkas would never sell, but if you could make a vodka that was so smooth, women could drink it straight, you might have something there. So that's what Tito eventually did, except he didn't know anything about distilling. And this was essentially the pre-internet age, so he couldn't simply Google it. The library was devoid of books on distilling, probably had something to do with the fact that it's not a hobby you can legally pursue in the U.S. without a license. So somehow Tito's next step was to go to the Institute of Texan Cultures, where he got a bunch of pictures of Texas Rangers, which are law enforcement personnel in the state of Texas, Texas Rangers busting stills during Prohibition. They would take a picture before they smashed it and after they smashed it. 
And from those pictures, Tito ended up creating his first 16-gallon still based on a moonshine still. Then he went to a science library to learn the different boiling points for alcohol and just started boiling it off, as he says, on a propane catfish cooker. And he tinkered with it, trying different things and taste testing his results against commercially available vodka. He built larger stills, a 175-gallon, 350-gallon, and 650-gallon one too. Doing blind tastings against the commercial vodkas, striving for something smooth, when Tito and his friends considered Tito's product better than the best commercially available vodkas, he figured he had his formula right. Next came building the business. Tito's is bottled and distilled by 5th Generation Inc. Tito had been using 5th Generation for his mortgage company name as he was a 5th Generation San Antonian. Later, however, he discovered he was actually 6th Generation, but never changed the name. And a friend convinced him just to use the same name for the liquor company, in part because he was going to be producing fifths, the slang for a 750 milliliter bottle of booze. Tito says he had intended on making whiskeys and other spirits in addition to vodka and wanted a corporate parent company under which he'd have various brands. Tito's handmade vodka is the only one. But with a parent company name, he was able to answer the phone, fifth generation, and determine if the caller was interested in a mortgage or vodka, as he was still running a mortgage business out of his house. Tito sought out financing and investment to kick off his vodka venture. He spent six months talking to hundreds of people trying to raise $18 million, but didn't raise a penny. He says he was really disheartened, but still wanted to do it. And he then read the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Code and found no reason that you couldn't have a distillery in Texas. So he talked to the authorities and they agreed that if Tito got a permit from the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau, the state would give him a permit for the distillery. He applied in August of 1995 and was eventually granted a permit. This made Tito's handmade vodka, i.e. 5th Generation Inc., the first licensed distillery in the entire state of Texas. Because Tito couldn't raise any external funds, he went the route of funding the venture himself, using what savings he had and 19 credit cards. He purchased the 12-acre distillery site to the south of Austin, Texas, using a $3,000 credit card check, and convincing the seller to carry the note for the remaining $30,000 price. He then built a 998-square-foot shack where he honed his craft. And this shack is actually where he built the stills and did all the testing I mentioned a little bit ago. So, Tito never actually was moonshining. As far as I could tell, he was always legal. In the early days, it was a scrappy operation. Tito called on friends to help him bottling after working their day jobs, and he says that after a night of bottling vodka, Tito would offer them a case of vodka as payment, and he asked that they share it with their friends and tell 20 people to help spread the word, which they did. In the first year of production, 1997, Tito bottled about 1,000 9-liter equivalent cases. It took years for the company to find its footing. The Wall Street Journal reported unfavorably on Tito's endeavor about six or seven years into the operation, noting how tough of a business it was. But Tito persevered. 
In 2001, Tito's won a double gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. In that same year, they produced more than 40,000 cases. From there, the company continued to grow, both in terms of production output and distribution. In 2013, United Airlines began serving Tito's handmade vodka on all their flights. Marketing has been important to Tito's, obviously, to grow the business. To this day, they've maintained a persona of being a humble, small business with a founder who's the face of the company. I remember the first ads I saw for Tito's were in the 2000s with full-page ads in airline magazines featuring Tito and his dog. Operationally, Tito has built a great team as well. He stopped personally distilling and hand-bottling probably close to two decades ago. And managing growth to the scale that Tito's has experienced is to be commended. For 2023, Tito's ran a Super Bowl commercial featuring Martha Stewart, with the topic being Dry January, the first month of the year where a lot of people will make a resolution to not drink. I, personally, make the opposite resolution each year. I would like to drink more. It's the point of this podcast. Let's explore the world of distilled spirits. But the Tito's Dry January Super Bowl ad with Martha Stewart features the other uses Tito's is well-suited for other than drinking. It's a funny ad and includes such things as disinfecting, and you'll see uh, Martha Stewart using a spray bottle of Tito's and kind of licking the air to, to get the mist so to speak. Uh, It's appropriate for what the best-selling brand of distilled spirits in the United States would do, because yes, indeed, Tito's is the best-selling brand of distilled spirits in the U.S. The original craft vodka has become the largest of the commercial brands. It's rather stunning. Tito's as a brand is worth more than $2.5 billion, according to Forbes, It being privately owned still by Tito Beverage himself, he's likely a billionaire. So he's come a long way from putting a property on a credit card check for $3,000 and convincing the owner to carry the rest of a $30,000 note. He's come a long way. What I will say about Tito's though also is they do give back. They support quite a bit of charity. There's a lot of charity efforts from Tito's Handmade Vodka as a company, so that's commendable. And now, on to how it's made. Tito's is handmade, now only in the loosest sense of the word. I'll be honest that since I started doing this podcast and learning more about various brands and production processes, and especially visiting craft distillers in my home state, plus those as far away as Virginia on the East Coast, then five time zones away on the Big Island of Hawaii, I've come to appreciate the effort it can take to make a distilled spirit and the space and equipment to produce volume. Some of the smallest distilleries I've been to are not unlike what Tito's started with and what he still showcases in promotional videos now. Tito can be seen in front of small stills in his original shack. With a small still capable of producing a few cases of finished spirit, that invites experimentation and necessitates a manual process. Then the larger craft distilleries who have been more successful have invested in larger, often hybrid stills, the type that can be run as a pot still or a column, giving maximum flexibility in the type of distilled spirits made. But even these stills are rarely more than two or three stories tall 
And though they've got sophisticated sensors and controls, they still rely heavily on a human touch to monitor and tweak a distillation run. But Tito's? In 2021, they sold over 11 million 9-liter equivalent cases of vodka. For my U.S. listeners, that works out to well north of 26 million gallons of vodka. To produce that much spirit, Tito's must be made at an industrial scale. Think of a refinery. We're talking about tremendous volumes of grain, and Tito's is made from the cheapest grain available in the U.S., which is corn. Tito's Handmade Vodka is a corn-based spirit. That's why they can proudly proclaim and have a certification that they are gluten-free because corn does not contain gluten. I got to Googling and did some quick back-of-the-napkin math, and rough estimates state that in distillation, you could yield about one gallon of neutral grain spirit from 30 pounds of corn, which when cut to bottling proof at 40% ABV, means that 30 pounds of corn would yield 2.5 gallons of vodka. And because corn is measured typically by the bushel, which is standardized at 56 pounds, it means you yield in the neighborhood of 4.8 gallons per bushel of corn. And we'll round up and call it 5 gallons per bushel. How many bushels of corn were needed to make 26 million gallons of Tito's? Answer is 5.2 million bushels. With an average yield of 200 bushels per acre, Tito's bottled somewhere in the neighborhood of 26,000 acres of corn worth of vodka in 2021. That's 40 square miles, equal to farmland the size of the entirety of the city of Paris, France, or all of the Disney World property in Florida. It is a huge amount of land. So, this is all just to say that for Tito's to truly be handmade in the same way it started would require an army of workers and probably more pot stills than would comfortably fit on their 12-acre site. So, I'd say it's a near certainty that Tito's simply redistills purchased neutral grain spirits from mega producers like Midwest Grain Products. I have no verification of this, just the math tells me I can't conceive of how they're pot stilling 11 million cases a year on 12 acres of land. And in the U.S., the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, or the TTB, the regulatory authority for alcoholic beverages in this country, has regulations that give point of origin to a spirit wherever it is bottled. So Tito's can legally claim to be made in Austin, Texas, even if they're purchasing bulk neutral grain spirit from elsewhere. Now, the part about being crafted in an old-fashioned pot still, like it says so on the label? Well, going back to the TTB again, to legally be vodka in the U.S., you need to distill to 95% ABV or 190 proof. And for most practical purposes, this just isn't done in a pot still, certainly not at scale. A column or continuous still can yield that much more efficiently. My guess is Tito's is finishing a bulk spirit in a pot still. Old-fashioned has no legal meaning either, and while you may envision an elegant pot still a whiskey maker or cognac maker may employ, I suspect Tito's are a bit more utilitarian. I just go back to the volumes they're producing. 
The last thing I'll note, and then I'll get off my high horse because I realize this may come off as I'm bashing Tito's, and that's not my intention, is simply to reference distilled six times, part of the labeling. Does this mean the vodka went through six stills? Likely no. Some distillers count the distillation plates in a column still as a distinct distillation. So, six plates in a still means the vapor condensed on each plate was reheated, re-evaporated, and redistilled. Is that what Tito's means by distilled six times? I honestly have no idea. I think I just want to highlight the fact that distilled six times doesn't really mean anything as the number itself doesn't have relevance. A column still can pull pure vodka in one pass. You might need more than six runs through a pot still to achieve pure vodka, reaching a point of diminishing returns. End result would be the same, 95% ABV, neutral grain spirit. You just took different routes to get there. Okay, enough theory. What do we know for sure? Tito's is distilled from corn. It's run through a pot still and bottled in Austin, Texas and also meets the legal requirements outlined by the TTB to be sold as vodka in the USA. Beyond that, the brand is opaque in order to protect itself. Tito's has been sued a few times over the use of handmade, with people claiming they were misled into paying more for a product that wasn't truly made the way they thought it was, or the brand portrayed it as. However, Tito's has settled out of court in all these cases, thus no details ever become part of the public record when legal proceedings are recorded. Does any of this matter? I say no. It's vodka. There's very little mystery to how vodka is made, and while there is definitely nuance to flavor that can arise from skilled application of a production process, scaling up something that was originally small batch, made by the man himself, on a homemade still to the best-selling distilled spirit in the USA is no minor feat. This should be celebrated. For a brand like Tito's, consistency really is the secret sauce. They've been very successful in managing to make the transition from enough vodka for Tito to sell to the locals in Austin, Texas, to producing one standard 750 milliliter bottle for every third person in the USA each year. That is remarkable. Now, on to cocktails and consumption. It's unflavored vodka. It mixes well with most anything. Tito himself enjoys his product on the rocks with soda and a lemon wedge. Drink it as you please. In summary, what do I think of Tito's handmade vodka? There's a lot of a story here, and Tito Beverage himself is a talented marketer. He's maintained this persona of a small business. I think that he kind of lives it. Honestly, I've watched a lot of YouTubes. I've read up a lot for the research on this episode. And the man has found tremendous financial success, but he still really seems to enjoy what he does and enjoys giving back. I think he's arrived at a position in his life with the company where the charity aspect is what he enjoys doing. There's not a whole lot higher up he can go from being the top. I mean, he's going to have to defend the position, but I mean, there's there's only so much vodka you can make at one point. And it doesn't seem like Tito has really any desire to go into brand extension. I think it's just going to be the plain Tito's handmade vodka for the foreseeable future. That may change at some point, but 
I don't know. I have this sense that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Do tell your friends. Show notes with links to research are available on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. I'm active on social media, primarily Instagram and Facebook. I love hearing from my listeners, so if there's a spirit you would like to know more about, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>